Blog Talk Radio. spontaneously with me as um, I broadcast music for you for the next hour. Um, it is 1010 Midwestern here in the Midwest, um, New York, same time, East Coast. Um, West Coast, you are at 710, but anyway, glad you all tuned in to, to me. Um there's a few reasons why I'm hosting the show tonight. Um, much of that is we have like a weather um, crisis going on across um, many parts of um, the coast. And um, just want to wish everyone, you know, safety and peace. And I also want to send my prayers and um, my deepest thoughts to those who are um battling injuries, and definitely to um, Bobby Christina, who, um, daughter of Bobby and the late, great Whitney Houston. And tonight I just want to play some good music. Shout out to Mark Gay, who sent me this tracks from Shy, and I'm going to get straight to that tonight. Um, I'm going to play some music from Shy. Um, we're going to put some Mary J, Luther Bandross, Jill Scott, John Legend, um, Guapile, some um, relaxing Soul House, Eric Benet, and um, maybe even Bruno Mars, and some Miguel, and we're going to definitely, definitely, and we're definitely going to go on a Tuesday night ride. Ride with me. He's over for the wireless festival.
See, exactly what Jesse Ware did on that tune is what I always do when that tune's on. Sing along. <laughs> <laughs> and that was some of our friends at April Deep Team April Deep Aries Presents. Um, thank you. Thank you, Ed, Jack, um, Shay, Naomi. Thank you all. Appreciate that. Um, their little remix of Miguel and Adorn. And now, um, let's see, we're going to go into Deep Rebel and Deeper Love. beautiful that was a deeper love by deep rebel now here's another beautiful one to mellow you out for the night hmm, i'm gonna save luther but this is our first ever spontaneous tonight spontaneous combustion <laughs> this is our first ever spontaneous broadcast and it's also known in music as an impromptu. And again, I'm April D. Perry's. I want to thank all of you for listening. If you want to call in and just, you know, send a shout out to someone, a well wish, or if you want to just come on and, you know, um, hey, talk about music with me. I'll be on for an hour. April D. Perry's presents 
929-477-2320, and we are Eastern Standard Time. My shouts out to those listening um, in London, Paris, by the way, uh, one um, one of my listeners, um, eclectic artist man, France has been a true supporter of the April D. Berry Show and has followed the April D. Berry Show since its beginning. And I want to send a shout-out to him. And I would also want to send a shout-out to Beth Plea of Oregon. She's also been a very supporter. And all my local supporters in the Midwest, appreciate your support. Um, now, let's. we're just going to let it flow tonight and... How many of you all want to go and reminisce? Next up, Mary J. Blige and reminisce.
Good evening. And this is the first ever, I may repeat, first ever April Deep Aries, April Deep Aries, um, spontaneous Tuesday night ride. This was my idea due to the weather conditions that have been going on. Um, a lot of people are getting 16 inches of snow, and that's heavily on the Midwest. And my um, heart out to those in New York City who also have gotten hit with the snow and who are listening and who've kind of been home um, much throughout the week. Um, a lot of businesses have been closed. And, um, hey, it's just that's just the way it is. You never know. So this is why I'm doing the spontaneous Tuesday night ride. Today I got some um, from one of the founding members of Shy. Um, again, one of the members were, of Shy, Darnell Van Renzalier was supposed to be on the show Sunday, um, the Sunday before this past one, and um, he wasn't able to make it. So one of the uh, members, Mark Gay, sent me some really cool, you know, nice unreleased material, and I'm anxious to hear that. Aren't you? Aren't you? All right. Um, I hadn't had heard some of these, but I hadn't fully heard. Um, most of it, but let's see what, let's hear this. Shy, ready or not, with the great jazz saxophone is Boney James. Tell me, tell me, tell me 
all of the accidents and tragedies and things such as Bobby Christina, who I hope is getting well at this moment I'm speaking, and the weather-related accidents. You know, sometimes we just, with as spontaneous as life is, you know, sometimes you just have we just have to do it impromptu. And that was another group in the 90s. So I just kind of want to get on here and, you know, connect with you all and see who was listening. Again, this is April D. Berry's Presents. And, you know, as I quote, music is something that your soul can feel, you know, regardless. And your and music can also heal. And caller, you're on the air with April D. Berries. Okay, our Hello. caller. Oh. Hi. Hello, Hi. April. How you doing? Good. How are you? Mark, right? <laughs> This I just, is Mark, I, yes. <laughs> you know, um, everybody, Mark called in to listen, and I didn't know if he wanted to speak or not, but I just decided, okay, I'd find out, you know, if he wanted to speak or, you know. <laughs> you oh, know. absolutely. Actually, I was I was just listening to the uh, music, and mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, that sounds familiar, and uh, <laughs> I decided to just get on and hop on with you because uh, – I appreciate everything that you do to kind of keep the 90s music sound mm-hmm. alive. Um, I listened to your okay. interview um, from, from the other day. You know, I just listened to all the conversations that you were having um, mm-hmm. with the other uh, guests that you had on. And now mm-hmm. I, I really, really, really cherish that time. It's an enjoyable time in my life. And um, there's nothing that I can say to replace how I felt creating that music for the audience, mm-hmm. for our fans, for everybody that supported the group at the time. And it, it, it's such an incredible feeling to, to know that we're still loved like we're loved. Yes, yes, you are. Because I was listening to the CD one day and, you know, I said, what happened to all the good music, you know? Um I was looking, listening to Right Back at You, and, mm, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I, that, I think that, we were, that was an interesting creation. And it's funny because a lot of people don't know how that, that particular record was formed, but mm-hmm. we had done the same thing for If I Ever. We did for a song called Yours that was on that particular album, and we recorded this song overnight. It was the four of us in the room, the original members, and – um we we did this thing and it came out. We did all everything was a cappella from the guitar sounds to the words, the lyrics, and we did exactly what we did for if I ever put it out on the radio in Orlando, and the company unfortunate they they didn't want to release it at the time because it, it, everything was happening just so fast. And I guess uh, a lot of times I guess we just have to say we're ahead of our time because yeah. if that was now we would be able to release it like immediately. After right. we finished recording it, but you know this was back in '93, and you had to wait right. for the company to kind of catch up where we were at, and so we were fortunate enough to put that on the particular record, do a video um, for that song, and uh, back, you know, right back at you became alive because of that. That whole idea of remixing our own songs and and kind of giving it a new spin, so to speak. Mhm. Right, and I love that music, and I'm so glad you were able to come come on spontaneously, you know, most of the shows. Surprise! <laughs> you know what? I was getting ready to um, 
have uh, um, assistant type that. I was getting ready to post that on Facebook. You know, surprise. <laughs> you know, I didn't know if you wanted to talk or not, but hey, you're just hanging out with me. You. <laughs> I'm just hanging out. Just show. hanging out. Well, yeah, just I, hanging out, listening to the stuff, and you know, like I said, you played a a great mix of music the other night. So I was like, well, you know, people you. playing a different mix of that, you know. Maybe she can, you know, keep playing different mixes. People get to know her. Um, there's nothing wrong with we're just we're just sharing ourselves and being on the radio, sharing ourselves, sharing our stories. And right. There are right. a lot of stories that we have. So you know, a lot of times we want to share what has happened, you know, musically in our lives. So I, I don't right. mind that at all. I appreciate that. Congratulations to you had a, you just had a birthday or um, your wife or something something I saw. Oh well. I went through a whirlwind. I got married last November. Oh, um, my birthday was in January, and then we got word that we're going to have a baby later this year. Aww. So it's been uh, a whirlwind activity the last three months. We're just really excited and just, you know, we're we're just going for it at this point. You know, we're not we're not as young as we used to be, but you know, like you were saying earlier, nothing is promised, and you just want to go for it and let God take you where you need to go. As long as you're listening, you can you can do whatever you want to do, and right, really be happy right. doing it. Because even sometimes, you know, even sometimes with me, you know, I have to. We all have to put on our our mask, and you know, I have to tell myself I'm superwoman. <laughs> because oh, yeah. you know, oh yeah, <laughs> in doing what I do, you know, um, that's just a mindset you have to have. And music has been my you know escape and my refuge, you know, I'm a poet, so I'm going to get a little deep. <laughs> okay. Kind of go, and me kind of goes hand in hand, you know, from my teenage years when I was listening to you up to now. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. I just have this taste for real music because there's so much lacking in the music out now. So, so Mark, how did you, how did you guys form? I know you were all at a HBCU Right. Yes, we okay. all went to Howard University, and mm-hmm. uh, people. There are many stories that are out there. The story that you hear is the the classic story about how Carl took the uh, demo to the radio station. Um, but that was actually towards the latter end. The beginning of mm-hmm. it, we actually just tried to be in a talent show on Howard's campus. And Howard, if you don't know, is famous for booing people like Apollo. Like, if you're not good, they're going to boo you and kick you off the stage and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. you have to be really confident, determined, and be really good to, you know, kind of last on stage. So mm-hmm. we did that the first particular talent show. Did kind of well. We reformed the group a little bit, and then, you know, we pulled in Garfield. And then we actually formed Shy for the Optimistic show, which was, I think, 1991. Because mm-hmm. uh, was that sounds of blackness was really really you know heavy oh, you know, yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. So the show was called Optimistic, and it was the first time we ever really performed "If I Ever Fall in Love" in front of people. And then once we figured out that the song was working, we just kept working it and working it. And let me tell you, we practiced every single day up until people actually heard it on the radio. We were practicing two three times a day, and we really put the time in. And people think things just happen overnight. No, you put the work in, it's going to pan out for you. And there's some lucky breaks that have to happen along the way, and the record company has to recognize what you have, and radio stations will play your song. It's not really like it used to be, 
But these things still actually still happen. The radio stations do find artists, and they will play um, a lot of new things if they feel like it's going to be, you know, conducive to their their personality, the radio personalities. The radio personalities that are doing the best now are the ones who can go find new music. So this is what happened to us in the beginning, and we're very grateful to the DJ um, Paco Lopez. He's actually one of my Facebook friends, and we still stay in contact to this day. Uh, he was really, really a big part of making sure that we got where we needed to go in the beginning. So that that was how we started. We met there, practiced every day, and then all of a sudden, you know, next thing we know, we're in California performing on Arsenio Hall. I oh, mean, that wow. just right there. We, I mean, we were studying one minute, and the next thing you know, our first show is Arsenio Hall. We look crazy. We were cross colors. Everything yeah. you can imagine. We, we just wore whatever we wanted to wear. But it was just so um, everything happened really, 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 really fast. But we took advantage of the opportunity that was before us and we just sang our butts off and we sang anywhere we could. Yeah. And you got you guys were so cute. But also what drew me to you guys is, you know, being at that time, being a teenage girl and all, you know, Mm -hmm. hearing, you know, H-Town and all the other, you know, artists talk about, you know, freaking and all of that. And you guys, (laughs) you know, were like the gentlemen, you know, the romantic, well, at least in in music, (laughs) you were like, you know, the the more down to earth, the more soulful, you know, the more soulful version of Boys to me, and I, I know you probably don't like that comparison, but you know, no, I love what do you it. Think? I, love, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it at all. Um, you gotta uh-huh. understand that at the time, groups were out. Like, yeah, uh, I missed a those. group that Darnell, Darnell's father managed a group named Riff. They were out. Joe C was out. Um, Boys to right. Men were out. So we had, we had to write songs that fit into a mode where mm-hmm. we could be compared, but we wanted our own lane. So yeah, because we wanted our own lane, those songs had to fit that lane. And mm-hmm. it was actually coming from a genuine place. Everybody was going through their own personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we could write about that and sing about it, that's where we wanted to fit. Now, what we didn't know is that that song was going to take us where we went. We had no idea it was going to go that far, that fast, and be actually still to this day one of the top-rated love songs in the history of music. No, mm-hmm. we didn't know that. There's no way we could have predetermined that. But uh, we knew that we had to write music that fit into a lane that the audience would pay attention to. We were coming from college, so we were really around a lot of people who mm-hmm. wanted the same, wanted to hear the same type of music that we wanted to create. Mm-hmm. So that, that that gave us a little bit of an advantage um, as far as being around it, and we got to do serious, serious case study while we were creating the songs. So the songs you heard from the first album, most of those were created in those practices I was telling you about. Like we had already created most of that album on Howard University's campus. Oh, okay. All the other stuff we created cool. later, like after we got in L.A. But yeah, most of those songs, "Baby I'm Yours," "Comforter," yeah, I was "If I Ever," was say. all created at Howard University. Yes. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing um, "Baby I'm Yours." I didn't even know you got. I didn't even know if you. Well, then, you know, seeing that, I didn't know if you guys were, you know, in college or, you know, at the time, or you just, you know, doing it on the campus. 
I had no idea <laughs> that that was your <laughs> your campus. That, that was our alma mater. Read about it. Our, and, and that was that was our idea because once we got out to LA, we were like, how can we make this work to where it actually ended up becoming a recruitment video because people have told us we went to Howard because we saw your campus in that video. We loved everything that was created from that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we owe our existence to Howard. So it was kind of a pay it forward mm-hmm. kind of thing where we wanted to make sure that Howard got credit for making us be who we were. And you did four albums, right? Four, four CDs. Uh, I lost count. I know we did. Uh, okay. If I if I ever fall in love, um, actually I think it's five. But you know, one's a remix album, so I don't know how you count that. Oh yeah, I clock count that um, as one. You know. So blackface, destiny, back from the mystery system, and that's kind of where I left off uh, with the group. So yeah, it's it's been a great great ride for me. Um, I I just love creating music. I know I have been. And become affected. I mean, there's so many people who have said Together Forever is a song that I want performed at my wedding. I've been able to perform it maybe at three weddings and, you know, in different forms or that kind of thing. But having people come back to you and say, this is a song that changed my life or has made a difference in my life, that's what music is all about. And it's just great to be just just to know that you can do that is is a great thing. It is a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. Um, and yeah, you have a lot of songs. It's something about well, when I listen to your mu- music, I hear sincerity. It's like you really, you know, nobody's saying you're angels, but <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I hear that <laughs> true commitment that you know really wanting to connect. And a lot, and a lot of that is yeah. gone. You know, there are a lot of people out there like me feeling like, oh well, that was a long yeah. time. Feeling like, hmm. Well, while yeah. others are saying that's a long time ago, it's like, how can we, you know, how how can we bring that back, you know? Because nobody's really I, happy I think it's still, with what's out now. I think it's, I think it's still out there. I would actually say music production is probably better now than it was back in the 90s um, because the technology is a little different. Um, I would like for most people to support artists that they truly love. The problem right. is now is that when you have artists who are in their late 30s and 40s, you might see them on a tour, but you're not going to buy their record because you have different obligations because you got to support your kids and get your kids through school and, and focus on that so your money can't be spent on that. But if you support the records of these people who are writing important music, then they can help sustain R&B music. R&B has kind of been left by the side of the road because people haven't been able to focus on that because hip-hop has come in and kind of dominated and we have elements of R&B in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard for everybody to, to celebrate all of it, unfortunately, and put your dollars where that money is going to make a difference in R&B. But, you know, I, I always have faith that there's always going to be one R&B artist that will come back out and and just turn it around. I mean, Usher's kept it alive. Um, there have been a few others that have kept it alive. As much Neo, as they can, yeah. but they can't do it. Yeah. yeah, Neo does a great job. The new Neo album actually is mm-hmm. very, very, very interesting to hear. He has some great, yeah. great R&B songs on there. 
I don't know if everybody's gotten a chance, but really, really support that young man. Um, mm-hmm. His songwriting is really good as well. So I've been listening to that actually for the last four days. I've been listening to a lot of his music. Um, but I support everybody. I love everybody. I love music. And because of that, I give everybody a shot. I give everybody a shot because you just don't know where that one song's going to come from. You, you know, give I was looking at a... Oh, yeah, you have to. You have to because you don't know that song that's going to affect you at that precise moment. Like, I listened to D'Angelo's record. It didn't hit me like I thought it would because I listened to a lot of old music and I love Brown Sugar and a lot right, of the albums right. like then. But when, I, but when I saw him on Saturday Night Live and that and performance that. he had with the charade, oh, please, please go check that out. <laughs> I heard about it. The charade, it's not the first song, it's the second song. And that mm-hmm. performance is powerful. He's talking mm-hmm. about Black Lives Matter. He's talking about just everything that's going on in the performance. He's playing the guitar. As you can tell, I'm really passionate about music still. I don't do it as much, yeah. but I'm mm-hmm. still involved with the industry. And um, that performance, please, please, please check out. It's really, really, really. That's what okay. music is all about. Yeah. It's supposed to make you feel like that. Yes, it's supposed to make is. you feel like, I want to learn. I want to learn the guitar tomorrow, and I want to pick it up. And I want to write a song like that. That's what music is all about. Yes, and I'm I'm one of those people who you know oh yeah mid mid thirties you know everything pretty much together and you just uh, you're not really let's see you're going through that little phase where I, I won't call it a phase you're in the part of the life cycle where you're not you haven't exactly you know met your match. Or right. you don't know that. Right. And so, you don't know that yet. All right. Well, the music that you listen to doesn't exactly, it's not really engaging, you know, people, unless we go back to, like, music like yours, you guys, you know? Unless yeah. we go back yeah. to that. And, and, you know, and, that's and the good thing about go all sorry. these uh, distribution services, now, no problem, um, basically, you can go find anything you want. And all of that happened during the time that we were creating our music. So if we imagine what Napster, if it could have been embraced instead of fought in the beginning, yes, I life would have been that. a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. But Steve Jobs came in and came in with the you know iTunes store. Then all of a sudden, you could find whatever you want within seconds at your computer. But mm-hmm. the problem with that model also is I can't go to the store and listen to my favorite CD and talk to my DJ that's at the counter in Tower Records, and I can't talk to the person who's behind the register because I see them every week because when the music comes out Tuesday, I'm going to sit there for three hours and listen to my favorite new music. We're, mm-hmm. we're missing part of the whole experience. And we can't get that back. Of course, you can listen to it at home, but part of the experience is interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unless we can get that in some sort of fashion, then you're going to be missing a part of the music experience. And that's, yeah. you know, I, I'm I'm just feeling grateful that we've gotten a chance to go through 20 years of how technology has changed the whole industry. Yeah. I think you had a question. Oh no, I didn't want to. <laughs> I'm still in shock, Mark. <laughs> you su- you surprised me. I, you know, I didn't know if you were gonna call in to listen or you were gonna call in, 
you know, it just I just happened to start listening to your music, and I said, I have to go live. I have to go yeah. live. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, that's kind of what the music is for. Um, I haven't heard a lot of it in a long time that I sat around and I said, well, since I have this music, April's doing her shows. I said, let me let her listen Thank to it you. and let and share it because that's that's what it's about. That. We gotta we gotta share that. And for people who may not be on the the big radio stations, um, that kind of, to me the more important because it keeps the legacy alive. You guys are really passionate right. about what you like about music, what you um, what you imagine about music, what it means to you. So mm-hmm. I can't talk to even though I, I've talked to um, some of the personalities now. They're in business, so they can't even play what they want to play. So that's a whole right. difference in the industry as well now. Whereas you oh, don't have yeah. to deal with that. You can play whatever you want. You're like, you know, I'm going to play it. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to see if people gravitate to it. And we have fans all over the world, and I know yeah. that. So I'm like, you know, fans all over the world need to hear this stuff. One of my biggest regrets about the group is not being able to go to Africa. And I oh, know okay. we have plenty of fans over there. We have tried wow. and tried and tried over the years to try to get there. But mm-hmm. during the time I was in the group, we just we just couldn't pull it off. So, I mean, you know, I, I never write anything off, but at the same time, my life's a little different right now. So, you know, that's one of my regrets about being in the group and not being able to go to two continents, South America and mostly Africa, because I know we have fans who've been very dedicated us from the beginning and I, I feel like we let them down because we haven't been there so mm-hmm. that's the only thing I, I would say I, if I could do it over and plan it out yeah I would definitely include that yeah because um, you guys are great well you've been blessed in another way now you're blessed with you know your beautiful family um, so and I and you also sung you had the the softest cutest voice when you sung <laughs> So I I know all of you guys parts, but what was the what was oh, the do? downside? What what was the downside? What made you the down? You guys just say you know what that's it for me. I think um, reading Garfield and Darnell were active, and um, you and mm-hmm. Carl, you know, chose. Well, Carl to- um Carl, Carl left the situation earlier on. Um, that was about ninety six, ninety seven, and you oh, know, to be honest, he he was a hot writer producer at the time, so he really wanted to pursue certain things at that time that made sense to him. And I, you know, as a as a young black male, I'm not going to fault anybody else from trying to pursue what they want to pursue if they think it's going to work out to their benefit. You know, it it didn't work out the way he thought it was at the time. We've talked over the years about it. Um, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It could have turned him into the next Barry Gordy. We don't know. I mean, but now he's still working on stuff, and he's actually grooming his uh, his nephew, who I think is going to be out in a little bit. And he's a songwriter, and he's a singer, and he has a cool little voice. Uh, I've, I've heard some stuff recently, like, you know, we're at an age now where we're grooming the next generation. So it's important for us, even though we've been in the industry, to pass our music talents back. I mean, that's where we're at. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't sit there and act like we're going to be singing until we're 60 years old. That's all. Hey, hey if we can, that's fine. But mm-hmm. we have to give this music back. So I'm training up my uh, my niece, my nephew, uh, my stepdaughter. 
I mean, all these kids are talented, and they can go wherever they want to go, but they need need to groom it, and they need to know what they can do and and how to be ready for it. Because as four young men at Howard University, I would say we were ready for certain things, but we were not ready for everything because we weren't groomed in the music business in California or anywhere else for that matter where that's just what they do. They don't go to college for the Mm -hmm. most part. Some people do. But for the right. most part, they don't. So they're groomed for the industry because they know at age 9, 10, 11, I'm going to be in the music industry and I'm going to play this instrument and I'm going to learn all this technology and that's what they do. I didn't even know there were so many jobs in the industry until we moved to L.A. I had no idea. I didn't know they had a school called Musicians Institute and now they have a school in Orlando called Full Sail University. If I had known these things when I was younger, I might have gone directly there first as opposed to going to Howard. But because my journey was different, I went to Howard, met the guys, and then we got to California, and this is our route. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. But as far as everything else, I mean, you, you you take everything that you've learned and you make it a positive. You don't look back. You don't say it's a negative. I enjoy every second of it, but now it's time for me to focus back and say, how can I help the youth learn from what happened to me and if they enjoy it, they'll make a little bit of money, but they, their music will make a difference in the future of the music business. That's where we need to focus on, especially as African-Americans. We really need to focus on that. Right. You know, preserving the leg, protecting a legacy. legacy. Protecting the legacy, yes. Yeah. Especially. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, especially. And, you know, as a <laughs> a black woman, you, you already know that you're going to be hit with a million stereotypes. And oh, yeah. I cast it, and but yep. you know, and I, and the thing is, you know, I do my own show, and very different from a lot of what's out there. You know, even the things that I play, you know, I'm considered mm-hmm. a oh, I, I heard that when you played the you played the Reese song the other night. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. I was like, you, you're pulling that Reese. Uh, there was oh. a, in fact, the reason I know about Reese is that a couple of my buddies actually played on her tour. So they were okay. with her all the time. And there was another young Davina. They played with her as well. So, yeah, I, I heard a lot of Reese stuff in, uh, around that time. And, you know, there's so many different types of music, um, Goapole and all that. Uh, I mean, there's I so many different things too. that people yeah. can do. I'm sure you did because you're, you're the eclectic um, marinade of all these different types of music. And you're mm-hmm. not going to leave anything out that you feel like gravitates to your soul. So right. you know, I think it's very important that people know these different. The underground music is as important as the the big the big uh, radio music. It all fits. Or, it all fits together. It all fits. Makes, right. <laughs> and, and on your show, you could do whatever you want to do. So that's what makes it even better. Um, so we can influence the kids of today. And show them that there's not only one thing they can do, not only one type of music, but they can do different types and be successful all over the world with mm-hmm. different types of music and and spread their knowledge of music to other people. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with hip-hop. I have no problem with hip-hop because the thing that happened, I believe, is that Down South was able to create a certain set of music that they got away from the samples and they learned how to, they had a business model where they made money. 
And mm-hmm. once people start learning, they can make money by getting away from the samples of music. That's where the game went. So I'm not going to be mad at that either because that's just where it went. Now, as far as some of the content, uh, okay, I'm not happy right. about all of it. But, I, again, I go through all the music that I listen to, and if I feel like my uh, 14-year-old is listening to something a little too much, I'm like, hey, that's a little too heavy. Why don't you listen to that clean version? Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's stick with that. But you have to be on your kids to know what they're listening to. Listen to all the music. Talk to them about it. Discuss it. You know, they may not know all the meanings of the songs, but if you're the parent, you got to go back and look at it like, okay, I know what that particular song by you know, Nikki and somebody else that's out there, it's a little too heavy, so I need to tell her, no, that's a little too heavy. That's a little too heavy. I need you to not understand that music, and trust me when I say, please do not look the meaning of this song up. So oh, we yeah. have to be in our, I don't think they have to in, look in the meaning Probably not, but it it goes so far in the content that we as parents just have to know what's going on out there. We can't stop everything. We can't control everything. But as long as we know what's going on, that's the whole, that's the deal. That's where we're at. Right, right. And I'm I'm not a parent, but I have, (laughs) I have, you know, a couple siblings that I could be a parent to. I'm that much older than them. And, you know, they're going to, people, you know, they're going to do it. They have good judgment. They're going to listen to, um, they don't really listen to all of that. They're not really into hip-hop, as far as I know. Um, My brother is just about legal, so I mean, Uh um, uh (laughs) he stopped listening to me probably at 13, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that happened. But as I was, you know, saying. cool phase. (laughs) Well, well, you know, everybody's all, everything is what, it's whatever. You know, kind of like now, just even with the music. But But I like, I feel like hip hop. It's just that if you don't like, if you're not into Lil Wayne or none of the bling or Mm -hmm. none of the chicks Mm -hmm. and, you know, bottles Mm -hmm. and all of the, you know, like Uh the last rap, I like a lot of old rap. Lupe Fiasco, um, that's not old rap, but that's the spinoff of um, real type. yeah. Neo rap. I call it that's neo rap. Yeah, so. that's funny. <laughs> what? Okay, what's funny about that? Neo, neo rap because I've never heard it and it's actually very accurate. That's an accurate category. So yeah. Okay, so what what would you what would you call it? I wouldn't call it anything else. I thought it was an appropriate name actually. Oh, okay. I love it. Oh, yeah, I love it. That's a great name. Great oh, yeah. category name because I was I never came up with that so that's actually very good. Nothing like, but it's nothing like R and B because you guys are storytellers and I want the, there was a there is a um, song that went through my head today. Um, everybody goes through changes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you oh, fill goodness. in the blank. Yeah, I was gonna let you <laughs> fill in the blank, uh, but. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because actually we created that song after going to a jealousy show here in you LA. Did? I already had the lyrics and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, and they were on the same label, and we were creating our album here at the time, and they had a show. And you know, there's nothing wrong with seeing what's out there. We went to that show. We were so inspired. I mean, them boys are bad. They just sing. Oh, they're so bad. And I, I love Casey and JoJo. Those, those guys oh, have yeah. always been good to me. 
they've always been good to me. So you from the time I came out, they always encouraged. Oh, they were embraced me. They said, "We love what you do. We we encourage you. You know, we're, we're going to do shows, and you know, sometimes we'll see each other. All that other stuff is whatever it is. But at the end of the day, we're going to hang out and be cool. And they have always been cool with me, stuck to their word." And I've never had any bad anything with those guys. Never, never. Wow. It didn't happen. It, didn't happen. That's, and that's wonderful to walk away from something with a positive experience. Yeah, and yeah. even to, to not feel like your competition, you know, doesn't well, it's really like competition, you. But you, but, but you leave it on the stage, you know. On the stage is a certain thing because you want to go and perform to the best of your ability. And if there's three great groups together, you guys can elevate your performance just because you know the other people are going to give it their all. They're going to kick it, and they're going to look good. Their staging is going to be perfect. You have to be perfect when you're on stage with Josie Silk and and all these guys. I mean, everybody's looking at you to see if you're going to be the ones to crack. Are you going to crack or not? You know, so you got to get that high note in. You got to get that thing in. You got to play the piano right. Can't have no off notes and and all that kind of stuff. We got a little bit off base because um, I think you were talking about changes everybody goes through changes and mm-hmm. um i wrote this song pretty much that i was going through a breakup of an old um ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. and um but it was inspired the, the song was inspired because we went to the josie show so we came back that night uh played the music all night went through it we had the josie feel on it but it was still our version of what they were doing mm-hmm so, and the later many times before, I felt all alone because all the things that she was doing was making me feel crazy. And this was like a real, this was a first love. So that oh, first yeah. love breakup is the toughest thing you've ever had to deal with. And you yeah, really don't yeah. know what, so, you know, I was trying to put that into the song and let everybody know that it's, you're going to go through that, but you're going to be fine once you get through that phase. Yeah. So that's what the whole purpose of that song. And they, the record company teetered with the idea of uh, releasing as a single at a certain point. I was just happy they were playing. You don't understand. I didn't know what the music industry was about at the time. I had right. never really been to a studio before we did Fire Fall in Love. Then all of a sudden, you're telling me that my piano songs are on the radio and being played in record stores? Are you kidding me? I never <laughs> knew that was going to happen. I had no idea. I didn't know my writings were going to be affecting people. I had no idea. So the the fact that we had the opportunity to do all that stuff and meet great people and have a, a wonderful company that supported us, and for the most part, with everything that we contributed, um, I I had no words for that whole experience. That I, I'm, I'm grateful to this day to be able to receive plaques. We had double platinum plaques, and some people came and get, you know, the gold status, and they probably deserve as much as we did. So mm-hmm. for us to receive all that and get all that, and for the hard work that we put in, see, that's the thing that people don't realize. We still put the hard work in. We weren't just playing around. We were putting that work in, and it paid off because of all the work we did before we got the record on the radio. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember how much you that's put into great. it. You don't, have a, you don't have a personal life. Everybody thinks it's all good, and yet, no, no, you don't have a personal life. That's gone. Your work is in that studio. You're writing. You're contributing. You're working on your your, your arrangements, your vocal arrangements, the mixes, 
I mean, we were hands on. So every level of music, we were we were doing it. And a lot of that, to be honest with you, I learned from Carl because Carl mm-hmm. was very um, he knew what he wanted to get from the industry as far as production. Mm-hmm. And he always wanted to be a top-notch producer. So when this all happened and it came true, it was like, okay, this is, you know, I'm here now, so this is what I want to do with it. So I was like a sponge. I, I mean, I was trying to learn from every engineer, every writer, everybody we were around. I learned from everybody. And I developed my own style based on just being around the energy of the of the music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that plus, you know, having a background in piano and singing in the gospel choir growing up. So I had all those advantages and I just brought those to the table and I just, you know, we just used what we had and made it work. Wow. And the legacy of the music, as we said, it's just, it's just timeless. You know, Uh, all of the groups were great, but you guys were were absolutely my favorite. I couldn't even, (laughs) I couldn't even, you know, tell anybody another group the same thing. You were definitely my favorite. <laughs> so, oh, let me ask you. We're fans of all the other groups as well. So. Yeah, and that's good. Do you think that during that time period, you know, it's always been a lot of. It always has had its drama. Its drama, the arts, any the music industry, but. Do you feel that? Oh, yeah. Are you glad that you are in that time period versus? Now, um, I think the similarities in any time period. Um, I'm definitely happy we were in that time period because there were so many groups that we met before they came out, after they came out, and we saw the transition of where they were maybe a local act and they became a bigger act like UNV. We met them in Detroit before they came out. We saw their oh, show, okay. and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they were out. Then, you know, those guys were great guys. I mean, fantastic. But we met them early on. I I wouldn't change that for anything because we met all these groups early on. To the Extreme was in D.C. with us. Mm -hmm. Um, The Extra was a friend of us. He was in the studio when we were recording If I Ever Fall in Love. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, he's in the group with uh, um, Jermaine and and Johnny's brother. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're out. They're on the label. So we get to hang out because they're on the label with us. So wow. that that time period was just phenomenal. All the groups in Minneapolis. I, I'll tell you, one of the biggest things I ever did was go to Flight Time Studios in Minnesota. I, I'm i a Jam and Lewis, Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam fan. Mm-hmm. I listened to all their music growing up. I emulated their playing styles, everything. But to go to their studio at the time, I mean, that's just one of the highlights of being able to be on the road and go somewhere. I'm in Minneapolis. Hey, can you take me by flight time just because? Me and Carl had to run in there and just see what the <laughs> studio was about because every studio was different. You get the energy of it, and you want to set your studio up like that in the future just so you know what greatness is you know, all about. So yeah. all those advantages that you have, I mean, there's so many stories. There's so 20-plus years of music. You're going to have a lot of stories, a lot of things that you can share with people. And uh, I have no problem sharing all my experiences. Mm. Well, and and that's great. UNV, they're from my hometown. So I was familiar with UNV. They didn't really get um, – they had two great songs, um, Something's Going On yeah. and um, Straight From the Heart. I remember that. But yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. they weren't able to get the exposure and – 
sometimes, a lot of times, people do, you know, exclude. Some people just don't get put on the map, you know. We know it's like that. But I wanted well, to it was ask hard because there was so there were so many there were so many groups that were out then. Right. If you're right. not with a company that knows what to do and all that kind of right. stuff, and then right. you do one song, then they want ten songs that sound like that one song, and you know it gets a little crazy. Right, right, that's true. So, what was what was the downside of the business? Uh, I think that. You have to treat it 99% business and 1% music. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready for that, then you're not ready for the music business, which mm-hmm. is why you see a lot of people making money in the business. And people may not like the records now like the way they are, but the, the, they're making money off the business of the music. And that's the model that the company, the, the way the record industry is set up, that's what it's all about. You're supposed to make money. You know, That's true. If you if you have the uh, creativity to include that, if you have the show to to make it a little bit different than that, and make it a little bit more music creative, and make that the focus as opposed to your business, then you're lucky. But most times, if you don't have your business, you're not going to last at all. That's the downside. If you do not take it seriously, if you don't have the right lawyers, if you don't have the right management, you're not going to last. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. That's almost any industry out there. Exactly. So, you know, it's no different than any other setup for any other industry. But people look at it differently because it's entertainment. Then on top of that, there's no pay scale that, you know, is normal. So you don't know when you're going to get your money. You don't know when you're going to get your checks. The advances now are different than what they were then, you know, because at least you got advances for your records. Because the contracts were set up different back in the 90s as opposed to what they do now. Now, okay, here's one big advantage that we had. If we're going on the road, then the company's not getting anything from us on the road. Today, they have what is called a 365 contract. They're getting everything from anything you do, merchandise, touring, everything. So you're locked in. If you're with a major, you're locked in. The the other side of that is they're going to support you because if they make money, you make money. So right, right. it's kind of like how, however you want to look at it, because the tours that we did back in the 93, I think it was, the Budweiser Superfest, we funded ourselves to be on tour. We really? ran our own business to be mm-hmm. on tour, yes. Our record company did not give us one penny because they wanted us to be in the studio to create another record at Advantage Record Company. But we wanted to be in front of our fans, Advantage Shot. So you have okay. to balance that out. Not take off your record company, but at the same time, you want to be exposed to your fans who maybe you weren't exposed to because you were so busy promoting If I Ever Fall in Love that you did not get a chance to meet with your fans. You have to be face to face. You have yes, to take hands. You, you have to. That's how you make an impact on people's lives. That's Our true. record company knew, knew that was important. However, there were so many so many opportunities for us to make money for everybody that that's all they could see because that period only lasts for only a certain amount of time. It just so happens that if I ever was so huge, so big, so fast, so strong, that it gave many more opportunities for us to do whatever we want to do at the time. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know. I don't know how many, I don't know how many groups could say that. I don't know any other groups that could say that. 
I mean, we were battling Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. We were second, what was it, eight, eight, either eight or ten weeks. We were at number two, but the number one song was Whitney Houston. It was I mean, definitely that a says, it, 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 it says what the quality of that music was like back then. Yeah. And we're was. battling one and two with her. Wow. And we could not crack wow. it because her song was so strong, but we weren't yeah. known. So mm-hmm. maybe we didn't have that leverage that other people, you know, gave Whitney on that side. But, that, hey, I'm not mad at that. We had oh. the opportunity of a lifetime. Mm. So uh, of all the groups, um, could you mm-hmm. would you say any of them were your rivals? <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, um, for, for us, I think our rivals were more silk because we were out at the same time. and we. How did I know you were going to say uh, that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are my boys, though. Oh, my God. We've had so yeah. many good times with them. Oh, well, man. maybe rival is you know, not like, the right word, but not the right word. But I guess who you didn't, um, who you didn't feel you hit it off with quite as much. We didn't have that problem. Nope. Wow. We didn't okay. have that problem. So we mainly, that problem. we got we got along with. There might have been one or two people that didn't get along with somebody at the time. Mm-hmm. But as far as the groups, not getting no, we, no, we didn't fight with anybody. No, we didn't have that problem. We got along because that's one of the things we were so happy to be in the industry that we mm-hmm. didn't have time to even worry about that. We were right. like, you we can't believe we got so here. Quickly. We we fought so hard to get there that after we took off, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed that ride. So you don't and feel that, that it was. Know, Nope, 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 <laughs> nope. I mean, these, these guys, even to this day, I mean, you know, if we see each other, you're going to see the biggest hugs, the biggest laughs. I mean, this is the memories like that, that you know, we all had behind the stage. And um, no, we, we didn't have it like that. Intro, we knew intro, uh, Kenny, before he passed away. Yeah. I mean, we just cheered these guys on because everybody everybody was doing well. Everybody was making a little bit of something, so we enjoyed that. And, you know, we even talked to a lot of old cats who who couldn't make the money that we were making, and they told us, hey, young bucks, just, you know, just enjoy it because mm-hmm. you guys are making more money than we ever did for our whole careers. You're making that all in a week. So when wow. you have mentors telling you that, and you got you to gotta kind of have to listen to that and be like, yeah, this is not going to last forever, but at the same time, we don't have time to be worried about this group, that group, or who's doing this or that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to compete, of course. We want to be, you know, at the top of our game. But as far as, you know, worrying about another young black male and fighting, that's kind of stupid. It is. That makes no, that makes no sense. It is. Not, not, to say, not to say that other groups didn't have that problem. They did. But mm-hmm. we weren't. We, we kind of learned from those stories, and we're like, we're not going to come into it like that. And then come into it and take everybody under our wings and say, this is who we're about, and we want to have a good time and enjoy everybody. All right. I completely agree. And, you know, I very much appreciate you coming on, Mark. Definitely. I didn't even um, – when I broadcasted, this is the first ever, everybody, April Deep Aries presents Spontaneous Tuesday Night Ride. And you know it rhymes with right, shy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. So you just... well, it sounds it, it sound like you're going to have a spontaneous future because I think these shows will kind of catch people off guard and they'll be like, whoa, we don't know who she's going to come up with next. So, you know, I, I hope this leads to a, a long lasting career and I love your show. Thank um, you. I'm so glad much, to be a part Mark. of it. Um, I'm glad that I can share the music with you. I'm glad I can share the stories yeah. with you. Um, I, I always try to take the opportunity to always praise everybody who is trying in this industry. I yeah. think it's very important for us to lift and, and help each other when we can. So I, I really hope you know you you are that person that can get to where you want to go in this industry like that, okay? And I definitely appreciate that, Mark. I definitely appreciate that. You radiate such positive energy. And I have a, we have some more shy songs. Um, you know, um, I know you heard Comforter and You Ever Fall in Love, but you also sent me one that they don't know about with Jay-Z. Oh. <laughs> I Don't Want to Be Alone. Uh, yeah, that was a remix that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. As one of, uh, one of Jay-Z's first um, features. Um mm-hmm early on with us so yeah they might not they might not have heard that one but it was we actually never met him in the studio we cut it on each on a different coast so mm-hmm. but marley morrow was the person who was the, the common denominator who tied it all in and jay-z did his part in new york with him and we did our part in la with marley and that was a great experience in itself we were working with some new people at mca at the time and um and, and they just worked it out. It was a new idea. You know, they wanted to do a remix. They wanted to put a New York kind of flavor on it. And mm-hmm. it worked out really well. It, it was in the clubs for a long time. Wow. Wow. And I'm blessed to, you know, receive that. You know, I just happened to open my, <laughs> get a message, you know, that you'd like to, you know, send that. And that was, that, I really respect that, you know, because I, you know, I think <laughs> everybody was a bit disappointed that, um, you know, Darnell, you know, couldn't make it, which he apologized for. And then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. when I when you said, oh, what? you wanted to send something, I didn't know if it was a link to um, a story on Shy. But, you know, it was some music. So I thought, you know, cool. Okay. Yeah, I gave you a gift. Yeah, you deserve a gift every so often, right? Yes, I do. Thank you. I needed that gift today. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea I was going to come and go on the air. Honestly, this is the first ever. So, you know, I love good music. You're welcome, to, you know, to sit back and hang on, you know, if you don't want to, like, speak. Because you gave, gave, you know, your story. Or if you have, you know, more that you'd like to add, you can still be on. But, um, you know, you can stay on to listen to the music, you know. Um, okay, yeah, absolutely. I, I'll be hanging out. All right. All right, Mark. All right, and we're going to go on to, and that was Mark Gay of Shy. Mark is one of the four founding members of Shy, and of the group, um, they had such hits like you heard last time, If I Ever Fall in Love, Comforter, and off another CD, Zodiac. And Shy and Jay-Z also made I Don't Want to Be Alone, a remake, as you heard him say. And I'm going to go ahead and let's 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 check that out. Let's play that. Uh. Uh. Ha. Jigga. Get the phone. My 
Molly Mall. Tent, next to dough, y'all bet to know I'm not alone, ma. Music, menage, toy, with shag and I, ha ha.
Oh, 
Let's we share it if I 
And thank you all for listening in, Mark Gay, for coming on of Shy Hall of Fame. <laughs> and I'm going to close out with more Shy. I gave you some Luther. Only a group like Shy can make you so, you know, put you in such a blissful mood that you want to go on to Luther. But let's close out with more Shy. And let's, again, Shy with Ready, Ready or Not with Boney James. And this has been a Deep Aries Presents the Tuesday Night Ride.